Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, and welcome to another chilling episode. I'm running out of adjectives. Of telling everybody everything. You complained? I listened. Many people are writing in to tell me, Catherine, your voice is too quiet on the podcast. Well, number one, I am not a huge advocate of being loud. Number two, all right, if you're turning it up to full blast and you still can't hear it on the motorway, I have raised the gain on my microphone. I think that should sort it. And if it doesn't, if you have any technical problems with this podcast, just email telling everybody everything at gmail.com. I am my own producer. I don't have someone editing it or turning the volume up or down or doing anything like that or mixing whatever DJs are up to in their lives. I am my own producer because I have control issues, trust issues. We've been over this. The weather is better in the UK. Uh, Apparently our children are going back to school March 8th. Maybe we'll see. I will know if that's true on March 8th. Dallas are having terrible weather. Have you been online and looked at the carnage in Texas? A state that largely doesn't believe in climate change. There's snow, there's ice, and it makes sense that a warm state would not have the infrastructure to support that. When it snows here in the UK and all of you freak the fuck out and your buses roll backwards down a small like donkey-width pathway... I understand why that happens. You would be foolish to invest in snow plows and the type of infrastructure that we have all the time in Canada where we expect it to be cold. We have different insulation. You know, we, well, your government probably would spend money on stuff like that. Be like, you know, my friend, Lord Galgamo, he has a company that makes snow plows and he needs 10 trillion pounds to build snow plows for every neighborhood. I wouldn't put it past you. However, you've not done that yet, and neither has Dallas. So people are uploading photos. This one guy showed a photo of icicles pouring from a ceiling fan in the middle of his communal hallway in his building. And he's like, look at this. All the lights were on in the hallway. The ceiling fan is in the middle of the room, I guess, because in Texas it gets really hot all the time, but especially in the summer, and they need to circulate air in that tiny hallway. Fine, there's a ceiling fan on the hallway. But... Canadians are saving the day on Twitter. Canadians are commenting like, um, a pipe has burst and your roof is about to cave in. When that ice melts, you're going to have an electrical fire. Like, get out. Take as many pictures for legal purposes as you can. Gather the things that are most important to you. Knock on your neighbor's doors and get the fuck out. Like, it's not funny. These are very dangerous circumstances and... I suppose they've never seen it before, these Texans. So they're like, well, look at these icicles coming out from my vents. 
you're in big trouble. Please leave. Go look at Texas Twitter. Lend a hand if you understand about cold weather, because they could really use the sage advice of Canadians, maybe Northerners in the UK, anyone who's dealt with snow before. Please explain to these Texans where and when they are in danger. Oh, God. They're going to start shooting at the snow, aren't they? One happy bit of news that's really put a spring in my step. I throw off the covers this morning. I make myself a coffee and I look on Instagram. Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker have made their romance official. Posted a photo holding hands. Kourtney's got a really cute Valentine's manicure. Travis has a hand covered in tattoos. We know his tattoos. If you are unfamiliar with Travis Barker in the UK, you shouldn't be, but that's fine. You might be young or not enjoy Blink-182 music, that's fine. I could tell you. When I first saw this blossoming romance, I didn't believe it because Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker have been neighbors for a very long time. Their children play together. I saw them at lunch. I saw, I mean, not personally, I have seen photos of them hanging out and I thought, no, 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 no. These are longtime friends. Travis has made a few little cameos on the Kardashians. He is a trusted ally of the girls. And then it started looking more and more like they might be in a relationship. And now the handholding confirms it. And I just love this because here are the differences between my enemy, Scott Disick, and this man that I love, Travis Barker, for Courtney as a partner. Scott Disick, problematic from the beginning, thinks he's a rock and roll, you know, rebel, when Travis Barker actually is a rock star, has a very formidable talent is a good father. I used to watch his reality show when he was married to Shayna Mokler. I watched the way he was with his kids. Oh my God, his little boy would wake up and he'd say, hey, did you have good baby dreams? And his wife was still in bed. You know, he was a very hands-on parent. Always loved that. You know who you never see dating teenagers? Travis Barker. Scott Disick. And I think part of the reason that he winds me up so much, this is Courtney's ex- for those of you who don't know, the father of her children, Scott, and the boyfriend to many LA children now. It winds me up because I do find him charming. I do find him really funny. I find Scott engaging and gregarious, and I understand why people are attracted to him. They want to be around him. I get that, but he's incredibly toxic, and he's been an incredibly problematic partner and father and cheater and liar, and I really don't like the way the Kardashian family welcomes all the exes and babies' fathers with open arms after they've treated the girls like shit. Like, it's better to be an ex in that family than it is to be a current partner, but I digress. Scott Disick is on Instagram with some new teenager, and by teenager, I mean teenager, whom he is dating, and I just think it's sick. And I respect Travis for having the mental wherewithal to want to spend his time with a 42-year-old woman. A 42-year-old woman who's finished college, who's raised three children, who's lived in the world, who's had some life experience. Sure, she has the body of a 19-year-old, but that's beside the point. I respect adults who want to date adults, and the fact that they were friends for a long time just shows the slow build of that relationship. I think this is the one. This interests me far more than any other celebrity news right now, and I've spent time with Travis Barker. I know for a fact he's not interested in teenagers because I think I was a teenager when my girlfriends and I went to the Blink-182 concert. We went backstage and on the tour bus. I may have been 20 years old. Let's say for argument's sake, I was 20, 21. One of my girlfriends was dating 
i.e. sucking off the man, not the manager, direct manager, maybe a tour person or a security person. And then another one of my girlfriends was sort of dangling the carrot with another security person, but never actually slept with him. And so these guys were really fun. They weren't tied to Blink-182 exclusively. They had different bands coming in and out that they would deal with. So it wasn't their direct management. But when Blink-182 were in Toronto, we got the chance to go and hang out. And we were right backstage. And like I said, on the tour bus, we got to know them a little bit throughout that day. And they were so nice gentlemen, family men. Their kids were very small back then. So they had a little nursery with soft play equipment set up in the backstage, just very focused on the show, on their art, on their family. And Travis at that time was in a wheelchair. He'd broken, I think, one or both of his legs and just gave such an excellent performance, was being wheeled around by a a stagehand all through the crowd and can just drum within an inch of your life. That was before the plane crash. They were involved in a terrible plane crash where one of their friends, at least one, lost his life. I just think that when someone has been through a life-changing event like that, it gives them perspective and enrichment in a way that a teenager, for example, who hasn't lived experiences or someone who hasn't had something awful like that happen in their lives, hasn't had to deal with the recovery, just doesn't have. What I'm saying is I feel that he's a well-rounded, grown man. He was lovely to spend time with. He's interested in fitness. I think he's vegan. He and Courtney have so much in common. They've been best neighbor friends for nearly a decade. I love this union. But you know, I have a very different world, social media, celebrity, news, whatever, than probably a lot of you have. I get letters sometimes from dads, 40-year-old ex-rugby players who have no idea what the fuck I'm on about most of the time, but they find it enlightening nevertheless. So thank you for listening, especially. And my daughter has a very different sphere of news information. I'm always curious about the TikTok, this and that. Maybe you have nieces or children of your own, or maybe you're a teacher and you just want to know what the hell is going on in their lives. Let's get Violet up here because I would like to have a conversation about it today. We have had this young woman as a guest answering questions before. We have never had her from the beginning of the podcast. Please welcome everyone's favorite, Violet Ryan. Hi. Hey, Gam. Hey. So I want to tell you about one thing that's going on in my world right now. I mean, not my world. It has nothing to do with me. Yep. But I'd like to get your take on it. Mm -hmm. You know, the Duchess of Sussex? Eh, I guess. Meghan Markle? Oh, yes, yes, yes. She and Prince Harry have announced via a black and white image of her laying in a garden with her head in his lap and a bump, that they are having a second child. Oh, good for them. Good for them. Yeah, that's not been everyone's reaction. Oh, why, why, why? People have opinions about the way that she positions herself as a royal, former royal, celebrity, actress, private person. Because sometimes she says, I don't want the media bothering me. But then when she releases a photo, pregnant people, some people, I mean, you could call them people, they are like, well, I thought you wanted privacy, so why are you leaking this pic to 7 billion people? I would like to know, what are your thoughts? Pathetic, absolutely pathetic. Leave the woman alone. If she wants to have her private life, she could have her private life, and she could still post one picture 
of her with a baby and that's her choice it's not any of your choice and i don't understand why that consults you she is being quite private she didn't do a royal announcement and she definitely didn't do it in some other way that's like more out there you know she just did it privately just one quick post just to confirm everything because she doesn't want like press like taking pictures of her and like it will be a whole scandal like is Meghan Markle pregnant is she this is she that I think she just want to make it a clean slate and move on with her life but obviously people people are sometimes very 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 pathetic I agree I think sometimes if you give the press what they want then they won't chase you around for more All right, Violet, what's one thing that is big in your universe right now? Right. This one's about Charlie D'Amelio. It's like she went to the Bahamas and everyone's very, 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 very mad at her. Saying everything to her like, oh yeah, you have no talent. When actually she has way more talent than you. Not you, but like the people that are saying it. You're going to have to back up. We don't know who Charlie D'Amelio is. Hey, 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 boomers. Um, Charlie D'Amelio is a TikTok star she has like 107 million followers thank you and what is tiktok okay hopefully most of you should know this tiktok is a dancing or like anything like app it's like basically surveillance platform yes like fun it's like (laughs) it's like vine they don't know what vine is either oh yeah oh no tiktok is one of many surveillance platforms where would it be safe to say gen z people people your age and Uh teens they go on there and they watch what used to be seven second videos now they can be up to a minute long and there was just dancing on tiktok at first but now there's comedy there's cooking story time little trends on there yep i think it's a powerful social media vehicle and charlie's one of the most famous people on it so why are people cross with charlie for having been to the bahamas is it because of the pandemic it is because of the pandemic and she has like this big platform and I agree she shouldn't be going to the Bahamas, but I don't think it's okay and, like, good to be, like, bashing her and telling her to, like, lie because of it. She's literally a kid. She's a minor. So you think it's an overreaction for millions of strangers to insinuate that this TikTok child should die because she went to the Bahamas? Definitely, because they have probably broken the rules before. I understand, like, she was wearing masks the whole time. And yes, she did go for it with a few friends. And she had to say it was for mental health. Like, it's fine. Even if it wasn't, (laughs) even if it wasn't for mental health, it's her life. Let her live her life. That was going to be my next question. So she wasn't going for work. It wasn't essential travel. She just said, I'm going for mental health. Kind of like when someone smuggles on their pet pig to an American Airlines flight and goes, well, this is my support animal. No. She didn't actually say it was for mental health. She actually didn't speak of the subject, as I know of. Her fans, they were like, oh yeah, she did it for mental health. She was going to do this and that when she was there, so that's why her friends like came with her. Uh, what, she was going to do what while she was there? I can't say this on Kill the podcast. Kill herself? Can't say that on the podcast. Yeah, you Mark. can. Put a trigger warning. Oh, Lord. Trigger warning. The fans have not heard any of this from Charlie. They just have taken upon themselves to presume Can I do the trigger warning, that she was going to end her life. Yeah. Trigger warning, suicide. So the fans who hadn't heard any of this from Charlie, they're building up their own defense. And they're saying... They are making up things as they go Okay. Along. And they're saying she was going to the Bahamas to end her life. Yes. And so that's why she had to take loads of mates with her. Well, she only took one mate, and that was her best friend Maddie. So it was just two girls in the Bahamas? No. It was many. How did the others get there? They flew there by themselves, as she the fan was pages say. The emotional sport pig. Yes. 
All right. We have some crossover in our worlds because there's a huge furor in the UK mainstream press about influencers going to Dubai and getting their little bodies out on camels. Exactly. How do you feel about Charlie going to the Bahamas? I think, like, again, it's her life. She was kind of in the wrong. What if she robbed a bank and you were like, yeah, she, that was kind of illegal, but it's her life. She's a minor. Let her rob this bank. Well, that is different because How? she isn't hurting. Oh, well, well the, there are people who believe that when you break the pandemic rules that you could be potentially catching a sickness and hurting, you know, come back to your hometown and kill someone's grandparents. Well, in the Bahamas, there was a very, very low chance of coronavirus. There wasn't that much coronavirus there. And mm -hmm. she got tested and everything like that, and it was quite safe. Everyone tested negative. She moved on with her life. <laughs> okay. What else is going on in your universe? Ay, ay, ay. This one is a bit... <laughs> so there's this one girl, another girl on TikTok, called Zoe Laverne. She has done some very, very very problematic things in her life she claims to be like a child friendly page but then she's like vaping and everything like that how old is she 19 and what is her talent does she dance like charlie um she's not a very good dancer she's just like an influencer and she was basically mainly known for she cheated on her boyfriend and she got another boyfriend who was um 13 what yeah and allegedly was, no he was 13 they were dating. She even admitted that. I don't know. She's sick. I haven't seen her admit these things, Violet. And, you know, I'm the one who's going to get in trouble if it's false. No, she was like on live. She was like, yes, me and her boyfriend's name, we did kiss. But we both had consent and I really loved him and we were boyfriend and girlfriend. We both had consent, so it's fine. And why did she not have consent? Because he's a minor. And minors cannot give consent. Exactly. I need a sound effect for the podcast. Yeah, she had a vape and she taught her younger fans how to vape. She showed them. Mm. At the age of like 14, 13, she'd be like vaping and everything. But she did have a very, very problematic childhood. Like very, very, very problematic childhood. Like Michael Jackson. Well, I'm going to say yes, kind of. Her parents aren't with us anymore. Oh, no. That's the only bit where we give her, like, sympathy for. Oh, um, she has said very offensive slurs. Why do you think she does that stuff? She does, I don't know, she... Does she do things on TikTok that people like, or is she always making people angry? She tries to be someone that people like, but she's just always making someone angry, but even if she isn't trying. She even isn't trying, she's just trying to do, like, dancing videos, and everyone's just like, people call her Zoe LaGroomer. Well, and how many followers has she got? 17 million. I mean, so she's a wind-up merchant. She's not a wind-up merchant. She didn't used to be a wind-up merchant. Mmm. Well, neither did a few wind-up merchants that we enjoy now in the UK. There used to be an actor who was in a good marriage with a stable woman and seemed fine. And now he just gets booked to go and say different things to make people angry. And he posts images to make people angry. We have a, it's a whole business making people angry. So I think Zoe Laverne is trolling all of you. Do you feel like maybe people your age are a little too obsessed with exposing each other? Definitely. Definitely, definitely. People have like exposed me in the past. It just doesn't work. It's just quite stupid, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I remember when girls at school exposed you. 
It was like in a TikTok video. Yeah. And it was like crying and everything like that. It was horrible. This is what they do now. You get mad at your friend and not all of them, but some will s- screenshot text or screen record things or just make their own video and put it on TikTok to quote unquote expose cancel you and it was like it got one like it was quite pathetic but it still did really hurt my feelings and they did like personal things about me in that video and it really really hurt my feelings i think maybe you guys need to all come off tiktok a little bit yeah it seems uh, to use a word from your vocabulary really problematic over there yeah and i think it'd be good to recognize when some of these influencers are trying to make you angry on purpose Yeah, okay. I'm going to go call Lily. All right, bye. That child has got a real tight threshold of what she's willing to tolerate from me. I can talk to her. Do you know what I would say if I haven't given you this advice before? Take kids in the car. And if they're not face-to-face with you, if they're just side-by-side, they'll talk to you a whole lot more. I get the most conversation out of that kid when she's in the car. By the way, our electrician is here today. And when I say our electrician, we're only allowed one. Because our house is this very specific smart home system that other electricians are not trained in. So if anything goes wrong, there's just this one guy, this one guy who has passwords and everything to all the cameras in the house, all the, you know, he can see inside the refrigerator if he wants to. He can turn our security alarms on and off. This man has full access to the entire house. And God bless him. He's a really nice guy. But he's going to be my enemy for about the next three weeks because he didn't bring his own ladder last time. And he chose to take the little dog stairs out of the living room. You know, the dogs are so small. Megan can't get up onto a bed or a couch or anywhere. Megan can't live her life without specialized equipment. So we have these teeny tiny dog stairs for Megan to get up on the couch. And he took it upon himself to grab these stairs and stand on them and of course they shattered into a million pieces because Megan is fucking two kilos and he's god knows 90 kilos I don't know how much men weigh but he smashed these little dog stairs and never offered to replace them he was just like whoops smashed your stairs I was like why don't you have a stepladder ah I didn't say that obviously I just slag him off behind his back look he's very talented he's a very nice guy but I don't believe in a monopoly I think there should be a free market. I should be able to call different electricians. And when something goes wrong, like my good friend Fiona smashed into our gate. (laughs) Fiona listens to the podcast. I'm a fan. She didn't mean it. It was dark. But we have to wait for his availability. We cannot call anyone else on the planet. I just think that's a flawed system. And he's good. So, of course, he's busy. And there's only one of him. So, of course, he's busy. That's why you see Father Christmas one time a year. It's just winding me up today. Anyway, please listen to these beautiful messages from our sponsors. And when we come back, I'll answer your emails. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It will not surprise you to know we are opening with a relationship question. Catherine, it's a story as old as time. Girl meets boy, girl likes boy. Hopefully, boy likes girl back. That is the story, isn't it? That is always the narrative. Oh, please. Please choose me. I hate this already. About four months ago, I came out of a fairly toxic relationship and started dating on Tinder. I've been very clear with everyone I've met that I'm not looking for a relationship as I have been in one for the last three years. I started dating this unbelievably handsome guy. I can't stop looking at him when we're together. He's sweet and easy to hang out with. He's adventurous and outgoing, enjoys the same things as I do, such as camping and hiking. The best bit is he doesn't take drugs. Oh, wow. What a prince. Please examine your standards. Like, it's great that he loves all of these things. But if you were my child and you were, or my best friend or my sister, and you were listing on this guy's collective achievements, that he was not breaking the law. That should be a given. The best bit is we have insanely good sex, probably because he's not on drugs. The problem is we both agreed at the start to keep it casual as we have both come out of long-term relationships, but now I've caught the feels hard. I said I liked him the other day and his response was, I think I thought we were keeping it casual. I said, we are. I don't want to be in a relationship right now, but that doesn't stop me from really liking you, which is true. I'm not ready to commit to one person, but I'd like to know there's a chance in the future for it to become more. He made it pretty clear that we will not be getting into a relationship. He said he didn't want to lead me on and hurt me down the line, but that he does like me and he enjoys hanging out with me. The question is, do I stick it out and hope he likes me enough in the future to consider getting serious? Or do I cut and run, protecting myself from getting hurt? I'm 23. I don't know if that's important. <laughs> I feel like that is the tagline for every 23-year-old girl. I'm 23. I don't know if that's important. Do you understand that you're a poet? I would have gotten that on a t-shirt when I was 23. Hello, world. I'm 23. I don't know if that's important. Oh, I love it. It just sounds like a Judy Bloom novel. All right. No, you can't stay in this relationship because of the imbalance, unfortunately. You have to take a step back. I don't think he's necessarily in the wrong because you both entered with intentions of keeping it casual. He's tried to be very clear with you. He doesn't want to lead you on. I like this guy. And best of all, he doesn't take drugs. But now you're in over your head and I know what it's like to catch the feelings for someone. I, I've never been able to sleep with someone and not develop feelings for them except this one security guard. But you have to back out of this. You can't be with someone and like them more than they like you. It's just too dangerous for your feelings. And also, it's not purposely giving him an ultimatum, but if it's all or nothing, if you back out of his life with a 23-year-old man, sometimes that's the only way that they realize, oh, okay, the stakes are different. I'm going to have to take the game to the next level, as Ice motherfucking T would say, if I want this woman in my life. And if you end it on those good terms, 
you could maybe come back around and get in touch in a couple years if it's meant to be. And Bobby let me go for 20 years and we ended up back together at exactly the right time when we were meant to be back together. So don't stay in this any longer. I'm sorry. I know you like him, but it's just going to hurt your feelings. Here's one from a 21-year-old woman about to finish uni studying biomedicine. Cool. Catherine, hopefully I will continue this education with a second degree in politics and getting copious amounts of sexy student debt. Now, you can see I'm a huge whore for science and an even bigger one for politics. The ultimate goal is combining both my passions and working in healthcare legislation, or even maybe one day going into actual politics and running for MP. Who knows? If Boris, Matt Hancock, and their three combined brain cells can get there, anyone can. I don't know if it's aptitude-based, though. I think I know where you're going with this. My problem is I come from a rough area, or rather, a very common area. Some people have this perceived notion that those who grew up where I have are generally unintelligent or rough, which I promise I'm neither. I've truly excelled in education. I was top of my year throughout school, which is genuinely attributed to the boy who once told me with absolute earnesty that girls could not do maths because of their brains. They weren't strong enough to handle it. I then proceeded to mug him off with every single exam we did because no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't fucking beat me. LOL, you mug. I love that you are rough. You definitely talk rough and that's fine. I think we need more of that in politics. I also received five unconditional offers to universities, which I'm very proud of. I am in no way rough. (laughs) Listen to how you talk. Look, I don't think you're rough, like rough, rough the way you're defining it. But you and I, in the face of someone like Matt Hancock, we definitely talk rough. We utilize the English language to all the breadth of its capabilities. And we swear. And to um, people who base their entire careers off thinly veiled contempt decorated with politeness, then we don't speak their language. That is a whole language. She goes on to say, I'm bloody sexy, TBH, but I admittedly do talk like the offspring of Danny Dyer fucking a London bus. So there's my issue. I have absolutely no idea how to deal with the poshies of government. Will they even take me seriously with my accent and background, even though I will have all the qualifications? I'm extremely professional, despite what you might think from this email. I adjust quickly to different situations very well. I think all women learn how to do that from early ages. I'm outspoken and I'm very passionate. The only problem is I cannot fix my accent or change the fact where I grew up. Catherine, help a girl out. What do I do? How can I give a better impression to the people who will have led a very different life to mine? Do you think it will prevent me getting to where I dream of going? Well... Ideally, in a perfect world, no, we should have loads of different socioeconomic backgrounds, ethnicities, genders in politics. And there's a difference between idealizing what you think the world should be and represent and dealing with the reality of what it is right now. And while you can push boundaries and do all these things, what it is right now is in my job in your job, in many jobs, we still have to kind of play the game. And these men, these horrible men, most of whom are horrible, they got to where they are not by being the most intelligent or even by being the most posh, though that helps, but by being people who could play this game aptly. And if you look at someone like Jess Phillips, 
Oh my gosh. Anytime I talk about Jess Phillips, I get so much abuse from Jeremy Corbyn people. They're like, how dare you? She is a secret conservative and she's this and that. No, I mean, I think Jess Phillips is someone I know on a personal level, someone whom I respect very much on a personal level, someone who has a lot of balanced ideas and they may not fit exactly with what you like, but she comes from a very different background to these guys. She has to deal with them all the time. I would look for and read every single thing that Jess Phillips has to say and write because I find her so experienced and honest and intuitive. And I'm certainly not someone who can help you clean up your act to get into politics because you and I speak exactly the same way. So to answer your question, do I think you can get there? I absolutely think that you can, but you're going to have to do some game playing along the way. I admire your honesty. I think the way that you speak shows honesty. You know, you're not putting on these airs of like, well, sir, you need to understand the blah, blah. I'm so fucking sick of these guys, all sandwich and no meat. They talk for ages and they don't say anything. I think that you could actually make some change. So don't be discouraged. Also, my friend Emily Dean, she is a very talented, I mean, podcaster, raconteur, author, fashion magazine editor, comedian, radio personality presenter. Emily Dean can do it all. But she comes from a very interesting bohemian background and was educated really posh. And she just has this magic of charming the pants off or the pants on because that's what we want. Keep your pants on. She's so charming with anyone. And that is a real skill. And sometimes you got to learn it. Let there be no shame in your game. Stop apologizing for where you come from or justifying, oh, I'm not rough, I'm the... Just go in there and charm these people however you have to and get the job done because that is the magic of your roots. I find that anyone who tries to throw their tools away regrets it because the special tools that you have are what are going to make you successful. The authenticity that you bring to the table is what's going to make you successful. And in the meantime, Emily's written a book, Everybody Died So I Got a Dog. She hosts Absolute Radio every Saturday morning with Frank Skinner. She has a podcast called Walking the Dog. She's an oracle. And Emily listens to the podcast sometimes. I could just text her, Emily, look, your next book I know is already in the works and is nearly finished. But then the one after that, I think we need a guide from Emily Dean on how to be charming in every scenario because Emily can make friends with a farmer, a taxi driver, I mean, a a bon vivant, a government person, everyone in the world. She interviewed Jacob Rees-Mogg the other day and I didn't get to listen to it, but I mean, I'm sure he loved her. So that's who you need. Of course you can get there. Stop anticipating problems before they arise. Put your blinders on. Think of that boy from your school who said your brain was too small and just go out there and do it. This is a fun one to end on because it is deeply sexual. So if you are a child, please do not listen. Or I mean, whatever. You've been listening until now. Catherine, I'm a 30-year-old single woman from the UK. As you probably know, looking for the right man can involve a lot of dating with very few positive results. I've experienced all kinds of problems in my search for Mr. Right, but the most recent is really getting me down. In the last three years, almost all the men I've dated have been circumcised. This is fairly unusual in the UK, as boys aren't usually cut as standard like in some other countries. Look, 
I did some stand-up about this. I know that it's religiously sensitive sometimes, but you have to understand people in the UK and where whatever country you're listening from, American and Canadian baby boys are routinely circumcised, pretty much all of them. And I've looked into this, you know, as I approach looking at the possibility of becoming a mother again. And it's a deal breaker for me. If I had a husband who insisted on circumcising a little boy, I'm so sorry. It's a deal breaker for me because I do not care what your religion is, what your cultural norms are. I don't understand why people do things just for the sake of doing things. I don't care about any of it because I prioritize the comfort of an infant. That's just me. I don't mean to hate on your family or your specific dick, but I just think I can't get past taking an eight-day-old infant and cutting any of his genitals off. Like, oh, Catherine, but it does this and it does that and it can cause problems. I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. All of your arguments for male circumcision are the same as you know, old Somalian arguments for female circumcision. Look at why people do that and it's the same shit. Oh, it's cleaner, it's this, it's blah, 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 blah. Get the fuck away from my baby's genitals is my motto. That's my motto in life. And I had a Jewish boyfriend for a long time who was explaining to me how it is a entry of membership into a wonderful community. It's a really important thing to do. Fine. But how it moved over to North America for everyone, not just any religion, is that Puritans started spreading this propaganda that it would make your children wank less and it was better for them. And it was all like propaganda, basically. And that's how it's so pervasive now. So men who are circumcised don't seem to have trauma from it. It's just wild to me that North Americans, without any religion, will hand over their babies for that procedure just because. They don't even think twice about it. They go, because that's what his dad did. Well, because that's what you do. I wish we could all get out of the mindset of, well, because that's what you do. Well, why? Why? Anyway, back to your letter. I have slept with about five circumcised men now, and I've noticed a troubling pattern with them in comparison to the uncut guys. It takes circumcised men forever to come, like sometimes literally forever. Most times with these men, we've had to give up trying. They also seem to prefer or need the really fast and aggressive pounding type of sex. You know, the kind that's unbearable if it goes on for longer than 15 seconds? Yes, I do. I spoke candidly about this issue with the last man. He told me that due to the bell end being exposed, (laughs) it constantly, he didn't use that word in North America though, did he? But thank you for this Britishism, bell end. We don't say that in Canada and it's a beautiful word. Due to it being exposed, it constantly rubs on his clothing and has become incredibly desensitized as a result. I asked him if he ever comes and he said that it's rare. I said, what about wanking? And he said, it takes ages and has to be extremely fast movement and a firm grip. Catherine, let me be frank. I don't even like sex that much. I prefer it to take 10 minutes of foreplay and five minutes of sex. I would probably rather set myself alight than have fast, hard, pounding sex for hours. Obviously, no normal human can suck a dick for that long either. Speak for yourself. No, just kidding. (laughs) Even a handjob is impossible with these men. Who's giving handjobs? I've never given a handjob to completion in my life, and that's a fact. Um, They need it so fast, so hard, so relentless for ages. I don't have Hulk arms, and so I do not intend to develop them. (laughs) 
<laughs> I do have to keep dumping guys due to their circumcised dicks. Side note, I wonder why all of a sudden I'm only attracted to circumcised men. Strange phenomenon. I expect there's a curse on me. No, there's no curse on you. That's just what is available in the U.S. Do you have any advice? I know that in the U.S. most men are circumcised. I gather this from the telly. Is that the case in Canada? Yes. Do you have experience with this problem? Last bit of info. It's definitely not that I have a defective vagina. <laughs> I have no issues with men who had foreskins. My last long-term boyfriend would come in less than five minutes every time. Those were the days. Oh my gosh. Well, yours does sound like a unique situation because I've not had the problem of circumcision affecting sex. I don't know what their penis feels like because I don't have one, but no, I've noticed no difference in uh, thrusting power or time it takes for them to finish or anything else. And like you, I have experienced the North American dicks. I do not find British people to be easier lovers, better lovers, quite on the contrary. Um, I mean, my my husband's mother will love to hear that he is by far the best lover that I have ever had. Um, and he's North American. I think maybe, I don't know what state you're in, but I just think you're getting garbage guys. I don't think it's necessarily to do with them being circumcised or not circumcised. Although I have also heard that it reduces sensitivity if they are. Maybe these men are watching too much porn and that's why they're doing it so aggressively. Or maybe these men have been trained to try to hold it as long as they can. I know you've had these frank discussions. Don't worry, I never thought anything was wrong with your vagina. You should be able to find a North American man who can have good sex with you and who doesn't have like a completely desensitized dick that you have to slam it in a door to get anything out of it. Do you know, perhaps you and I are not qualified to really tackle this question. If you are the owner of a penis, circumcised or otherwise, this is not a religious question. This is just more a question of North American standards of every single person being circumcised without exception. It's just what they do. If you are a North American listener, let me know how sensitive your penis is, please. If you are a British listener um, who's probably not been circumcised, maybe you have been, let me know how sensitive your penis is, please. What are your views on circumcision? Do you have a baby boy that, you know, were you wrestling with this decision? It's all it's all very relevant, I think, now. It's a conversation that we're really starting to have. And I didn't notice that it was even an option to be uncircumcised until I moved to the UK. That's how it feels to be immersed in your own culture. You just assume, you know, all the little boys at my high school, when they started getting into high school and showering, you'd get made fun of if you weren't circumcised. That's how um, completely accepted it is over there. So, I mean, what does it do to your dicks? Let us know. You can email telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Maybe thanks to your letter, we can have a dick spesh. Tune in for the dick spesh, telling everybody everything. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. You can always write me your uh, life questions, work questions, relationship questions, but I am looking forward to the dick spesh. 
it is about time that we shed some light on these issues affecting men and their sexuality. Maybe even the infamous Bobby Kay will make an appearance on that podcast. If he's comfortable, I can get him as a guest host. Also, if you're wondering, the other day when my electrician smashed the dog stairs, yes, he did fall down. (laughs) Oh, have a great week. Stay warm. We're almost at the end of this, I think, and I'll see you all in the pub. Toot sweet. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.